Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. From Taker Demento to Hogan's Lamento. From Yoko as champ to Booger's neck fat. Savage on commentary. Too old to compete? Calling Nikolai Volkov's return from the seat? The Lex Express crashed in the windy city as a new villain rose from the heart of Helsinki. Through tulips we tiptoed as Burt Reynolds got wasted. Will Shatner plug Tech War? Quite frankly, he aced it. We reached for the remote as Jeff Jarrett hit the chorus. And when Mr. Backland arrived, we reached for the thesaurus. Bretton Owens' great tussle was a light in the dark. And Shawn Michaels' in-ring knocks it out of the park. But the new generation gives more dread than cheer. And now the worst is to come, I fear. Unbelievable, I know. But we've made it past year two. And to episode 100 of the classic Raw review. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. We are here via our Ica-Pro-powered DeLorean, chronologically critiquing the early years of Monday Night Raw. Hosted by Fake Jordy, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, and the bear in the big blue bar cage. A man who does not need a pencil. Despite the fact he is head pencil, he needs a pen because he gets it right every time. Some say this joke is actually really redundant, seeing as he uses the keyboard. But all we know is he just needs a pen because he gets it right every time. He is Justin Henry and he is off of America! Hello. We are here for the 100th time today. Do you think, Justin, when we sat down for the first time together all of those months ago, we would be here? A hundred weeks on, a hundred plus weeks, not counting the the watch-alongs and stuff. Mm. Did you think you'd be where we are now? I suppose as long as I had a co-host and someone handled the production end of things. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, I imagine, I mean, my job is easy. I just watch a show, drop some factoids, and make Simpsons references. As long as you are, uh, as long as you're here to offer your dulcet tones, that is all we require of you, sir. And here is to, here's to the next one hundred, mate. Here's to the next one hundred. Yes. And um, we are not alone this week, are we? 
Uh, no, we actually have two guests with us this week. Usually we only have one because uh, I guess there's like a quota that we that we can't go past, but we won't tell anybody. <laughs> um, two of our longtime supporters are here with us this week, and they've been on various episodes throughout the past. Um, one of them is our good friend Sidney Zumowitz from America. Hi. Hello, you. You're awake. It's nice to hear your voice. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been awake pretty early these past few days, having started my new job. Oh, tell us about the new job. It's a I'm a veterinary assistant, so I get to work with uh, animals. Oh, now what has been the best animal you've met so far? Uh, there was an adorable pit bull puppy. He was only like ten weeks old, and his name was Mox. Oh, love him already, and I don't even know him. <laughs> Did he have thumbtack wounds? What was that, Justin? I said, did he have thumbtack wounds? (laughs) No, unfortunately. It seemed like it was before that. (laughs) Ah. Uh, Sydney, it is lovely to have you here. What I love about when we get Sydney on is, Sydney, you weren't even born when these episodes were going out. Nope. <laughs> so, like, it's great to have the opinion of somebody who hadn't, who, I mean, I'm not one to speak ill of the Zumowitzes, but you hadn't even been a consideration at this point. So <laughs> the, the idea that uh, you're here talking about these episodes, uh, it's always a joy to have you on, Sid, as part of the Discord community. And it's as, the, as, a, as a moderator for our Discord, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here for episode 100. I always love being here. Thank you so much, Tom. And it's not just Sydney with us, is it, Justin? Oh, no, because if we're going to have a hundredth show, we'd rather have our uh, our artiste right here in, in person rather than simply on standby in a distance. Our good friend, Mr. Photoshop himself, John Eiley. Hello, my little chickadees. If you're going <laughs> to smile, do it first thing in the morning, get it over with. <laughs> Is that your real voice? What a twist! <laughs> Swerve. No, John. No, 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 John, John, John. You have what? to talk, John. Um, you have to, you have to talk like that for the whole podcast now. That's the rules. Was that? Well, I, was hoping, well, I was hoping. To, well, no, it was WC Fields, Justin. Oh, I was hoping to do a little bit of Rodney Dangerfield for you as well. By all means. No respect at all. I'm telling you. I used to work at a pet store and people would come in asking how big I was going to get. <laughs> I told my wife the truth. I told her I was seeing a psychiatrist. Then she told me the truth. She was seeing a psychiatrist, two plumbers, and a bartender. <laughs> this is all the podcast is going to be, by the way. We're not watching Raw this week. It's just an hour and a half of John Eiley doing Rodney Dangerfield. Well, I mean, it is topical. Ronnie did come in sixth place in this year's Royal Rumble, so... <laughs> He did indeed. No respect. They only made me sick. I came in first with my wife. Hey, no respect. Well, John, I'd Tom. like you to rec- John, um, can you recall the the first time you put digital pen to paper for uh, the Cardaholic Classic uh, Raw I've actually looked. Yeah, I've sort of been going through the, the archives as it were. The earliest picture I can find was of Hulk Hogan reading a magazine called something like uh, Sight and Field or something, and there was a picture of Luna Vachon on the cover. Ah. Would um, that be Field and Stream? Field and Stream, that was it, yes. Mm. That's that's the earliest one I can find. I'm from rural New Jersey, so that's kind of like a... Um, that's like our our New York Times here. <laughs> is, okay. is that your main go-to for, 
for, for the latest breaking news. Uh, well, yeah, it's a lot of hunters around here and a lot of fishermen. Now, on the subject of, uh, obviously, Sydney started a new job. And, and for those who follow the, the extended multiverse, I don't think it's, it's, it's rude to point out that uh, John Eiley started a new job this week as well. I most certainly did, yes. Look at John Eiley living the dream. And, and, and give, us your, give us your title. Uh, I'm actually being given the title of office manager. Office manager. The whole so you're office. David Brent. He is David Brent, exactly. Oh, no, please, please do not refer to me. I, I've never liked The Office, seriously. I don't like The Office, and I'm not a fan of uh, Ricky Gervais either. Okay, okay. Um, so, well, I mean, I definitely are there. David Brent. I, I, I did work with someone who was actually David Brent before David Brent uh, many, many moons ago. Um, but uh, personally, I, the less I'm associated with him, the better, personally. Oh. Okay. Well, I did not know that. I, I thought you would be a fan, but that's fine. That's absolutely fine. That's one of those. But hey, look, John, it is a pleasure to have you here for the 100th episode. I think we've got the right assortment of people to watch some wrestling bollocks with us for a Saturday night. It's a pleasure to be here. And um, can I be the first as well to say to you both, congratulations on the uh, 100 episodes. No, you can't. Long Thank you. Continue. <laughs> that is very kind of you thank you sir sydney hasn't said it yet but it's fine i'm not congratulations on. oh it's too late now it's too late now you had your chance and you missed it it's fine well i still did it so it doesn't matter it does matter no, <laughs> no, history, no. History, you're not dead yet his, so history bad. will not look brightly upon you <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I understand that. So this is where we get together and we watch the Cultaholic Classic Raw review. So this is where we watch classic episodes of Monday Night Raw from the very beginning of the broadcast to the bitter end uh, of either Monday Night Raw or one of us. I myself promised to be dead by the end of the year. So we're running out of weeks now. We should probably crack on (laughs) with that. Um, So we are deep into 1995, the 100th episode of Monday Night Raw. And before we hand over to Justin Henry to talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw, I want to give you a little guide around uh, the the world on February the 27th, 1995. So, Sydney, you won't remember because you're too young. Bill Clinton was the president of your country. And, uh, Whoa! Uh, I don't know. know who that is. <laughs> what? He's a world-famous <laughs> saxophone player. John, um, John, we had another John in office. We had John Major as Prime Minister of the UK from the from the delightful Conservative Party. Mister mm, Interesting. Would you rather be stuck in a lift with David Brent or John Major? Um, and, I've got to be honest, and none of you are wearing trousers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's pertinent. Um, I'd pick John Major. Yeah, well, that's good. That's a good shout. So, so you heard it here. John Eiley wants to sit in a lift with John Major, not wearing trousers. So that's John. I oh, wait your ear. There's no point. No, uh... I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Henry, <laughs> what was number one at the box office this week in your country? Mm, let's see, 1995. Oh, I'm, I'm at a loss here. 94 is the year of film with Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump and all. All that jazz, it'd be an easier thing to, to choose from. Um, God, it's, t- it's too early in the year for blockbusters to come out, so I, 
I'm just going to guess some sort of drama. Yeah, I, I think it was a, it's an excellent family drama. It was the Brady Bunch movie that was oh, number one in the box office chart in this particular year. We talked about it last uh, week, if you recall. It's, it's still number one. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It ain't going anywhere. It ain't going anywhere. Um, John... God, my, God, my country sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's better now. Uh, John Eiley, uh, what was number one in the box office in the UK this particular week in history? You remember? Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to go for a, a bit of a plot twist as well, and I'm going to actually see the Brady Bunch as well. No, absolutely not. For I think the fourth week in a row, Star Trek Generations was number one in the UK. I should have known office. that. Well, I went to, to see go, it. Went to go see it. Well, we're not together, but at different places. I remember seeing that at the cinema. Yeah, same here. So, I, remember, I remember a bloke sitting about three or four seats away from me crying at the point when Kurt died. Spoilers. <gasps> Spoiler. They plug Tech War in it. <laughs> they should have. It's a far better show. Um, For those his dying words, give Greg a vegan in that <laughs> Buy my book. These people box. are not it. They watch Tech War. I shout out a sci fi book you should read. So. Sell for me, Rody. <laughs> uh, Justin Henry, what was number one in the in the music charts yes. this year in America? Yes. Let's see what was big at the time. Um, let's see, '95 was a year of Pearl Jam's Vitology, so I'm going to guess something from that. Uh, no, it was Madonna's Take a Bow. So you were close. Pr- you were very close. <laughs> I still hate this country. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back to you, Eileen. What was number one in our charts this year? 95. Um... Oh, uh... um... take not... that. Oh, it's not a bad shout. It's the wrong answer, though. Uh, here's a clue. Here's a clue. Um, if I could travel back in time, that's not the clue. If I could travel back in the time, just as Justin Henry was about to refer to you as David Brent, I would say... Don't say what you're about to say. Any any idea? Share. It was Celine Dion. Think twice, you uh. Philistines. <laughs> Our queen, well, you... Celine Dion. Well, you sang it too well. That was the problem. <laughs> it was also the turn back time bit that had me thinking it was share as well. Ah, uh, is that was a that was a red herring, or as they call it in France, le herring red. Uh, <laughs> and, right in the wrestling world um marty janetti's popped up at ecw he faced he shane sure douglas has. in a losing effort for the title do you remember this justin i do remember this they were bringing in the outside guys to put, to put shane over everyone from tolly blanchard to ron simmons to marty janetti in an attempt to tina you know, shall we say legitimize the belt just like outside challengers kind of the tnt challenge today but except it's veteran names instead of up-and-comers and uh, how did the match go down because obviously shane had a stinker against blanchard the other uh the last time we talked about him is this an improvement i i think this was actually a vast improvement because the genetic could still go in 95 he's it's so one of those guys, as one, two, three kid once pointed out, could be passed out under a table in the locker room. And it's time for his match. Just wake him up. He goes out there, kills it, comes back and passes out again. Like he was just wired to be a great wrestler. He was so good. Um, Sydney, if I was to tell you that this particular year, a famous wrestling giant was about to land on the scene, who would I be talking about? Big Show? 
Indeed. Spot on the money. Hey, I really didn't think I'd get that. <laughs> now nah, you got it bang on. WCW, according to Dave Meltzer, is very interested in bringing in seven foot two, four hundred and forty pound. All right, slinky. Paul White in some sort of gimmick role. However, that hasn't been decided yet. Well, hopefully he doesn't. He isn't the son of a famous re- a deceased wrestler of any kind because that would just be tasteless. <laughs> That'd be money. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can't imagine him being one of one of the Von Erich kids. Can you? <laughs> uh, John, the question, you is, would he, the question is, would he give you the shirt off his back? Oh, I would though. <laughs> I mean, can, throw it at you. Can you imagine his iron claw though? Oh, be a beefy claw. Jeez, yeah. I mean, that'd be a good simple finish for for Paul White. All jokes aside. <laughs> well, just one hand on your skull, just squeezing until you pass out. Oh, squeeze it like a watermelon. Um, also, uh, John, question for you, sir. Uh, Hulk Hogan has signed a non-wrestling deal this week. What is the deal to do with? Uh, it wouldn't be that god-awful show Thunder in Paradise by any chance, was it? Mate, you bobbucket, we got the smartest of the cookies here this week. Uh, Get yes, in. Hulk Hogan has signed a deal to repackage Thunder in Paradise as a TV movie. Did we see this, John? Uh, yeah, we got it in the UK. I remember watching it. Um, obviously, you know, the it was Hulk Hogan got the idea for it, obviously, from uh, The Simpsons' Nightboard. <laughs> for it, the crime-solving boat. Yeah, where there's always a river or an estuary. Or a lake. <laughs> or a sewer. John, can you do Hulk Hogan on the crime solving on the crime solving boat, please? Will do. Uh, Sydney, are you familiar with Thunder in Paradise? No. You are so lucky. Oh, <laughs> right. Justin, John, who's gonna explain Thunder in Paradise to Sydney? I'll do it. Get in there, mate. Take <laughs> over the table. Well, John's well, John's pretty much said it all already. It was Hulk Hogan as the as the star of a um <clears throat> one of those action crime drama shows that were very cliche at the time, but albeit not really in vogue at this point. So it makes sense that Hogan gets in on the on the act now. Um, he ba- he basically solves crimes on a boat. He that's really all they have. It had a crappy theme song. The the acting was terrible as you'd expect. I mean, Hogan's by no means a thespian. And uh, it's, it somehow ran for I think a year or two, and then it faded away. Wow, that's pretty insane. I would I I would think it probably would only last a couple months with that with that <laughs> I remember, uh, premise. I remember his name was Spencer, and he was a lot like Hulk Hogan in the sense that he wore do rags to cover up bald spot. <laughs> and there was also remember if you remember the uh, really awful FMV game as well that came out with it. <gasps> there was. I a never game. played it. Oh my. Gosh, I, I vaguely remember the video game that came out for it. That's exciting. Okay, uh, one more, one more to get to uh, to bring the to bring the mood down a bit. I think it's one that we definitely need to to mention that happened this week. Uh, and and Justin, as our as our wrestling historian, uh, can fill in the gaps on this. But this is what Dave says: February the eighteenth, nineteen ninety-five, uh, Eddie Gilbert dies of a heart attack in his apartment in Puerto Rico. His father, Tommy Gilbert, stated his injuries to the injuries to Eddie's chest and heart muscles that occurred as a result of a serious car crash in eighty-three could have been a factor. Eddie's alleged use of painkillers since the accident could also have contributed to his heart condition. What are your memories of Eddie Gilbert, Justin? Well, the first thing I think of when I think of Eddie Gilbert was that incredible angle in 1990 when him and his brother Doug were, quote-unquote, fired from um, a Jerry Lawler's USWA promotion, and Lawler basically you know, watched him out into the parking lot to see them out of the building 
and then he hopped in the car and ran him over right there in the parking lot. And 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 unlike most vehicular moments in wrestling where there's a stunt man or they just go over the hood and do a barrel roll off to the side, Lawler went up over the hood and over the cab of the vehicle. It was one of the most spectacularly, insanely stupid and amazing things I've ever seen in my entire life. And Isn't this an angle they reenacted recently as well. Where at? In Memphis. I've seen a video of Jerry Lawler getting hit by a car recently. This is news to me. Oh, jeez. Uh... Could... Well, there's one thing Justin's also forgot to mention about that uh, angle as well. When, being... Well, when it happened, uh, apparently a lot of people oh, actually yes. rang into the, re- to the TV station saying, you know, there's been a ve- vehicular homicide almost. And uh, really Lawler had the to police. Co- yeah, they really called the police. And Lawler had to come out at the end of the show completely breaking the angle. Saying it's okay, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm 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 not in hospital. I'm not in traction. You know, I'm I'm perfectly fine. You know, the car did hit me, but I'm okay. Don't worry about it. And uh, yeah, there was a, a big panic about it in the uh, in the Fed. Well, it might not have been so bad if he didn't go over the frigging cab of the vehicle. I mean, I mean, he was at least seven feet off the ground when he uh, did the second roll. Yeah, I've seen I remember, I've seen the video a couple of times online in the past, and uh, mm-hmm. that is one hell of a jump you've taken. Oh yeah, it's uh, it was a stuntman bumped by a non-stuntman, and well, as far as Eddie Gilbert goes, he was one of the consummate villains of his time. Just a natural slimy heel, you know, great for hardcore style matches, great for gimmick matches, great antagonist. He had his shortcomings though, unfortunately, from just talking to a few people who knew him personally. When I was um doing some interviews for Titan Screwed, we were talking about when Eddie was. Temporarily, the Booker of ECW back in 1993, when it was a, a fairly new venture, he had he was labeled as being very paranoid, always worried that someone was was going to you know wrest control from him or, or meddle with his vision. Him and Paul Heyman had uh, serious issues. That's when Paul basically took over as Booker when Gilbert uh, sold his share of the company back to Todd Gordon there in '93 and then left the company. But Gilbert, for all for all those shortcomings, was a brilliant performer. Someone who'd be very well regarded today is just. You know, the consummate slimy heel, a perfect scumbag for for any babyface to go up against and just an all around great performer. And it was a shame to see him go so young. If there's one match that you can recommend people watch to, to educate themselves on the greatness of Eddie Gilbert, what would it be? Uh, if I had to pick one, man, this is a. Well, I'll give you three. How's that? Well, actually, it, it's funny you say that because I was going to name three. Ah, OK. In the sense, um, in the summer of 1991, Eddie Gilbert actually faced Cactus Jack in what is the precursor to the three stages of hell match at a Tri-State Wrestling Alliance show in Philadelphia. They faced three times during the course of a night. And let me just pull it up real fast because I want to see what – I want to make sure I have the stipulations correct here for all three matches. But the press from these matches was such at the time that it actually got Cactus rehired by WCW not long after. Because it was it was it was just considered to be just a top flight performance by both him and Eddie. Uh, the first fall was falls count anywhere. Second fall was a stretcher match, and third fall was steel cage. Some decent, yeah. Just I I always remember that when those two got together, there was magic, like especially so. You know? Well, it's just two guys who got the business in and out. Cactus was a natural, and Eddie, a second generation star. His father Tommy was a star for many years, and of course his brother Doug, as mentioned earlier. Exactly, exactly. So, hey, there's, there's one thing you do after this. Seek out some Eddie Gilbert stuff. He will blow your mind. Right, that is everything from me. I'm going to hand over to Justin Henri 
for the 100th episode of Monday Night Raw. He will walk and talk us through it right now. Justin, over to you, sir. Okay, this show aired on Monday, February 27th, 1995. It was taped one week earlier at the Coliseum in Macon, Georgia, which we noted before was actually a very a very good setup for Raw. It was a hot crowd. It was pretty much into everything. Why, I don't know. Uh, this show actually is special in one sense. It starts off with what will become a standard 50-year signature to open the show with the, the World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah. want to call them out on this? <laughs> well, let's, let's do Phoenix right on their asses. <laughs> What's the crack? So, while it is true that Objection. the McMahon's... <laughs> Objection! While it is true that the McMahons promoted for decades before this, the World Wrestling Federation didn't form until 1963, the World Wide Wrestling Federation. That's why in 2013 we had a 50-year history DVD. So why are we celebrating 50 years here, but 18 years later, we're celebrating 50 years of the company? It's like the confusion around the, the anniversary, the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. <laughs> Where it's like, well, no, it's mm. not the twenty. It's the it's the it's twenty five. Like you don't celebrate your first wedding anniversary on on your wedding day. Mm. That's not how it works. Yes. It's not yeah. math. Yes. There's something to be said for the these these start sequences uh, for mm. these episodes of of Raw and WWE in general. So I want to go around the room and I want to ask. Uh, start with you, Justin. What is your favourite intro to WWE television? Probably one from the Attitude Era with the wumple, 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 wumple that we always make fun of whenever we do a watch along from that time period. Ah, oh, there it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice. And the big foom at the end. So we got the vote for the wobble, wobble, foom. Uh, Sydney, your your favorite, and this is into the, how into the weeds we get on this podcast. Your favorite uh, WWE intro. My favorite WWE intro. That's actually really difficult because I have a ton. That I absolutely love. Um, but I think... Oh, it's so hard. I don't know. I like so many of them. Um, probably just because I... It was like the time when I first started getting into WWE. I like um, Raw's Burn It to the Ground and uh, intro. No, we, we mean like the, the little inset at the beginning rather than the start of Raw. Yeah. Rather than... yeah. Oh, yeah. that. I, I love the, um, oh, God, I don't know how to how to describe it. You, the one you... that was. Well, does it go blah, 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 or does it go. Blah, 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 or does it go. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. It's, it's, the one, one of them. it's the one. It's the one where they they say like WrestleMania, the time is now, and like where they're showing all the Mantar. Cards, and then it goes yeah. then now and forever. Nice. <laughs> what? Before we get to John's, may I amend my answer because I I just had an epiphany. Oh okay. I can't be me if I don't go with the eighty-eight, eighty-nine intro with the um slow fade over the you know, mountains on the horizon, oh. and then logo appears. See, and that's the, the one I was gonna pick <laughs> as well. And then the lightning hits it, and it means you, the WWF. What the world is watching. Yeah. I'll have to change mine. I'll have to ch- change mine now. That's fine. Uh, Jean Ailey, what is yours? Uh, it's two for me. One is the, the current one with Terry Funk at the end. Forever. Forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> I love that one. And the one that started uh, Raw Tonight, uh, you know, 
the World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years, the leader in sports entertainment. I just really like it. You know, it's just, it, just, it just sort of exuded, you know, look at us. That big, beefy boy mentality that I like. I like that a lot. Well, I'm going to go then. I'm going to go with 2002, which is the, 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 the one where it, you can kind of hear a phone line. And it goes, and it said, I think it said attitude, and then it scrubbed out, and then it said entertainment. And I think it was kind of that that signing of a new era, a new a new start point by having. Is that, that the one where at the end it would, the the logo would sort of uh, fade in and out as well? Yes, that's the one. Yes. that's the one. That's the one I like. That's the stuff that I like. That one. That sort of sort of sort of end of attitude era, start of ruthless aggression sort of thing. That's the one. That's the one. Well, this is the one that has the. Has the most egregious lie in it. Although you can, you, 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 you can have to finish if you said the McMahon's for 50 years pr- pr- promoting blah 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 blah. Well, could uh, the 50 know. years be also in, trying to include the Capital Wrestling Corporation, which it was before it became the WWWF? Well, they should have been specific then. <laughs> <laughs> if Justin had his way, right, the bloody intro would be four minutes long. The World Wrestling Federation, <laughs> right? So we started off as CWC. <laughs> the World Wrestling Federation well, for around about 50 years. I want to complain. <laughs> we just need to get these things right. <laughs> what if they just kept it as super vague and they went, the World Wrestling Federation, for about 50 years, we've done all right. Monday Night, Monday Night Raw, for three weeks out of the two years, an entertaining TV show. <laughs> Is it that many? <laughs> I'm... I'm going cumulative. That's that's why <laughs> we're rounding up. <laughs> right. So onwards, onwards. Nine seven weeks of futility. <laughs> right. Onwards with Raw, sir. What's so, next? Not only do we have this new signature, but we also have a modified intro for Raw. So we've gotten rid of the static shot of Razor Ramon giving Glenn Ruth the Razor's Edge in triplicate. Now we have this sort of trippy-looking MTV-style intro with faded colors and different little camera tricks. The sort of edgy techniques that were in vogue in the mid '90s. Like, I don't know how to really describe it, but it, it definitely feels like a more edgy show just based on this intro. They proper jazzed it. Same up. song, but different uh, visuals. Sorry, go ahead. I said they proper jazzed it up. Yeah, it, it needed a new coat of paint, and it's, it's funny because we're recording this the day after Dynamite put out a new intro for their show. Oh, I like so the new Dynamite intro. It's very Sid as the as a resident AEW uh, super fan. What do we think of the new Dynamite intro? Um, I, I like it. I think, I think it's good. Cool. <laughs> Happy with it. That's the main look, thing. Look, I've been so, I was like half falling asleep during that. Cause I literally worked all day Tuesday and then the morning of Wednesday. So I was so tired. I'm going to be that guy, right? Do you know how many hours I was awake yesterday? Yeah, yeah, there it is. I was, and and this doesn't even work as maths. I was awake yesterday for 25 hours. Oh my goodness. I don't even know how it works as math, but it does. Because I started my day at 4 a.m. on Wednesday, and I finished my day at 5 a.m. this morning. I'm sorry. Good grief. (laughs) Blame BBC Radio Newcastle. They called me in the afternoon and went, can you do the um, evening shift? And me, like a bell end, went, yeah, fine. 
10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Not a problem. I'll be there. Oh, damn. I forgot. I, I can't sleep ever now. Well, if, if you're not lively enough, we'll just turn on the heat machine. And you'll sound lively for the rest of the show. I've, I, mate, I've got a, I've got a soundboard of my, of my exquisitely annoying laughs. I've just been firing them off for the last twenty minutes. Just, <laughs> just plug a hairdryer <laughs> and turn that on. Sorry, I slipped on the button. <laughs> How many times do you hit that button when I make a joke? Just out of curiosity, be honest. Yes. <laughs> So we start off with Vince talking about Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> Refers to him as an all-time NFL giant. Which, not a New York giant, but an NFL giant. Which I guess is some amalgamation of all the teams put together. Just put them all in, yeah, it makes sense. And for a change, we have no green screen. Even though this is a tape show, we see uh, Vince and Cornette at ringside. Although that green screen will... uh. We'll make an appearance later on in somewhat comical fashion. Oh, oh does it ever. Oh, oh, I'm excited oh. for that later on. But, but speaking of video, we have horrendous um, quality here in terms of how this video was kept because it glitches out a time or two. I oh, thought so maybe, it wasn't just um, me then. I thought it was just yeah. my internet connection. I thought Mustafa Ali had gone through time and was going to hack into the show somehow. <laughs> but it wasn't to be. John? <laughs> can, we have Mustafa, can we have Mustafa Ali uh, with the DeLorean, please? Thank you. Damn, retribution stole our car. First time we've uh, gone meta today. <laughs> it won't be the last, <laughs> sir. Oh, it <laughs> certainly won't. Yes, <laughs> yes. I want to see. Um, I want to see T Bar in court on these charges. All right, sir. Can you please describe what you were wearing when you backed over the, the backed over the plaintiff? Well, I was wearing a Bane mask. <laughs> Can I get your name, please? T-Bar. No, come on. Don't be silly. What's your name? My name is T-Bar. Thomas Bar. <laughs> Thomas Barrington. <laughs> Poor Slapjack. <laughs> Slapples Jackleton. <laughs> Slapjack really is like the outer Montoy of his day, isn't he? <laughs> he is it. He well, he's wearing a jockstrap on his head, was he? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he goes right now. <laughs> he's, he's off. <laughs> he took great. So we go from uh, so, so from the bad quality of the video, we don't get anything interesting out of it. We just get a boring Lex Luger standing in the doorway promo backstage because I've got two questions for that promo. Yes, sir. First off, who was having the photo shoot in the back room? Because if you notice, mm. the uh, the camera flashes were going off left, right, and center in there. That's and a good question. And then also, did anyone else notice when Lex was talking, his pecs seemed to be having a life of their own and were just doing their own little dance yeah. every now and then. I freaking noticed that and they couldn't stop looking at it. <laughs> we have to understand that Luger is basically, um, he, he's half slubber. <laughs> and uh, he, he has the body of flubber and the personality of a doorstop. As evidenced by this very, 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 very boring promo with... Yeah. With worse delivery than a drunken Uber driver, or Uber Eats driver, I should say, because Uber doesn't deliver, they just drop you off. Oh, they um, do in the UK. Oh, do they? Yeah, we've got Uber Eats over here. Well, just keep bragging, why don't you? (laughs) 
I'll have to say this before we go any further regarding um, Lex Luger. We give him such a such a hard time on this show. Deservedly so. And deservedly so, right? I believe what we saw here was at the t- for the time the best promo that Lex Luger can give us. Like I think he tried really hard here. I think it was the opposite. I think he was just broken at this point. Oh really? Okay. I just I just got the vibe that he was really trying hard. And I was like, oh, okay, you're trying to sell me into the room, but you think he's done. But I mean, obviously, I mean, the, you know, history will show us how true that sentiment is. But you think he's done at this point? Yeah, I think he's doing the internal shifty. I they know my contracts up, right? Um, <laughs> promo. Because he's like, do they even want me here anymore? Because we know in six months, six months I'll be somewhere else. In this promo, he says that DiBiase and Tatanka, they have the fans fooled. And here's four words that I never thought I'd ever put in order, nor has any author ever done so to this point. He vowed revenge, boringly. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the table read for Death Wish. <laughs> We're not putting any emotion into it. Can you imagine Charles Bronson? Hey, Pally, you killed my wife, and now... We're going to do something about it. Uh, um, even though I'm uh, never fired a gun before, I'm going to do so now. Uh, Can I do so. another brag? Do so. Uh, <clears throat> my dad once actually bought Charles Bronson a paint. Really now? Yep. Tell us more. Uh, my dad was down in London for a weekend, uh, uh, sort of a lads' weekend, and went into this little quiet pub. And there was a few of the lads already there, and they were sort of like talking amongst themselves and sort of looking over at somebody. And my dad went over and he went, what's the matter? And uh, they said, that bloke over there, we're sure that's Charles Bronson. And my dad actually went over and asked him, and he says, yep, I'm Charles Bronson, the actor. Uh, he said, I like to come into this pub because it's quiet, and they do the best Guinness in London. And my dad actually bought my paint of Guinness. That's awesome. Was this before or after Death Wish 3? <laughs> During. Oh, I can't remember when it was. Because I was going to uh, say, I would have bought him whatever he wanted for Death Wish 3, the most unintentionally hilarious movie that's ever been produced. Uh, I, can't sure. remember, I can't remember which, uh, when it was exactly, but I know it was sort of like probably, it was probably early 90s, I think. So yeah, it could have been around about this time. Yes, yeah, so definitely after, because Death Wish 3 would have been 85. Death Wish 3, if you have never seen this movie, it is absurd. It is as absurd as The Room and twice as hilarious. I still haven't seen The Room. I need to get, I need to get that watched. Okay, watch watch him in that order. <laughs> so the room and then Death Wish three. Yes, got you. So, as Luger Bronson here is um, swearing revenge on the Tonka for stuff that happened six months ago, who's borderline cue card reading. He 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 says, um, you know, he'll have Chief J Strongbow in his corner, or as Luger calls him, Chief J Strongbow. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllabi. <laughs> Unless there's multiple Chief Strongbows at this point. Like there's Chief J and there's Chief, Chief L and Chief Mark and Chief Keith and Chief Steve Co- <laughs> Strongbow. And it's just to differentiate them. I'll have Chief J Strongbow with me because Chief Steve Strongbow will be keeping the car running. I thought, thought Luger was doing that, was doing the more cowbell uh, routine with with his emphasis. <laughs> I got a fever, and the only prescription is more Chief J. 
<laughs> Isn't that Christopher Walken there? <laughs> I put my pants on one leg at a time, except once my pants are on, I blow world title opportunities. <laughs> and they all come from out of my... <laughs> so I hid that watch in the one place I knew the million dollar corporation wasn't going to find it, my ass. I hid that ungodly piece of metal up my ass for five years until Eric Bischoff hired me for a low downside. <laughs> and then I gave it to Sting who says, I'm not going to do that. I had... I actually make good money, and I didn't double-cross this company. So I shoved it up his ass with the baseball bat. <laughs> and now my son... And then I told the promoter that this watch is too tight, so he gave me some X-Lax to loosen it up. Do you know, this, this week it feels like it's the 100th episode, and it's very special... But also, there's part of it that feels like we've brought Sydney to, like, an 80s comedy night. <laughs> like, bringing back the legends for like one it. night. <laughs> We're all having a great time. <laughs> well, she needs to watch Pulp Fiction, and she'll understand the reference. <laughs> I know a couple things. That was the best scene in the movie. <laughs> the second best scene is when Bruce Willis casually goes, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> And then, the, and then the third is when they accidentally shoot uh, Phil Lamar in the face while they're driving. I like the and bit. Sure I like the bit where he finds out he's a ghost <laughs> before um, he, before he falls off Nakatomi Plaza. You and your Bruce Willis movies. Sorry, I get on with Bruce Willis films mixed up. <laughs> yes, because they're they're all exactly the same as North. <laughs> they're all the same. I like the one where he lives next door. Speaking. Speak, speaking of awful, awful shit from the mid-90s, here's Luger versus Tatanka. Yay! It's our biggest match of the night. This is the peak of the night. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you. This By is like getting some... Go ahead, John. I was going to say, um, when they're showing you the video of uh, Tatanka claiming the ropes, I think it was on Superstars, he claims the top rope and chops uh, Chief G a strongbow. I've got the Good. weird feeling that that's actually an edit. Because if you watch that video, and I watched this, I must have went back and watched it about seven or eight times. As Tatanka comes off the top rope, Chief J. Strongbow's facing Tatanka. Okay, he, he, so he, mm. he's got the ropes literally on his right hand side. But as Tatanka makes impact and the camera cuts to the opposite uh, angle, uh, Strongbow's actually facing the ropes. There's no way he could have turned 90 degrees in such a quick moment. There's no way he could have done it in 10 seconds. Because as we all know, Chief J. Strongbow moves like a tank. So he has he to go Ricochet forward and then left. Ricochet. Yeah. If you, if you, yeah, if you, if you go back and watch that clip, uh, you know, go back and watch it and just see if whether or not I'm right. He's facing. He's got the ropes on his right hand side at one angle, and then as soon as the angle changes, he's facing the ropes. Thanks. It actually happens a lot at those old TV tapings. They would just like like do a spot twice, and then they would just try to like you know melt it together because the first one didn't go well. So that's probably I could see that happening for sure. When you said um, it's been it's it's been altered, John, I thought like Chief Day Strongbow had been drawn in, <laughs> like he'd been photoshopped in. Like it was originally Tatonka yes. chopping a bollard, but they just drawn Chief Day Strongbow over the top really badly. <laughs> he doesn't. Instead, he was John? chopping a dollard. 
John Don't get chopping a ballard, please. Or a dollard, which we already saw in the footage. Or a dollard ballard. Just make sure you put a headdress on it. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's what you well, always that would say. Terrible if you get it that way. <laughs> Look like a statement of some kind. It sounds like a Tinder bio, John. I'll be honest, mate. <laughs> so Luger versus Tatanka, which is, in terms of being a hundredth episode of matches, like getting tuberculosis for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Dibiase is carrying the giant urn. And Tatanka takes the mic because, you know, we need more heat for this match. Well, we need any heat. He vows to teach Luger, quote, the Native American way. Now, what he meant by that was never um, followed up upon or explained. Just and I'm in no position to speculate. But and it, just, it, it just sounds like a threat. It's like, you know, I'll teach you how to fight, you know, Jersey style. It's really no different than, like, you know. Michigan style, or uh, I don't know, Edmonton style, or whatever. It's just, I don't know. It felt like a very empty threat. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how I fight. Well, yeah, I'd hope so, because we're wrestling. Well, don't worry, because Luger's going to match that intensity by walking out with a little flag bear in front of him. And he's about six paces behind. So at least we're socially distancing here. And six paces behind Luger, bringing up the rear, is Chief J. Strongbow in the stuff he wore to be an agent for tonight's show. With his headdress. And so basically it's like the world's laziest crazy chain. <laughs> what a combo. Like, this is such a weird aesthetic. You've got a little kid waving a flag. You've got Lex Luger. And then you've got, like, office worker Chief Jestron. Tom, you're not going to believe this, but in August, Luger calls Sting and says, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> no, but he's doing so well. He's got so much good things happening. I tell you what would have been amazing, and I thought Luger might have done this. I, obviously, this is a grudge match, and I would have thought Luger would have got in there and would have wanted to immediately get into a fight with Tatanka. I was hoping that Luger, in a rage, would have charged to the ring and just pushed the kid out of the way as he slid into the ring. I think that would have been an amazing visual, and I think that would have turned the corner on me for Luger as he just runs towards the ring. He just pushes oh. the kid out of the way. Like Braun knocking over the ladder and money in the bank. Exactly. And killing several school children. That'd be perfect. So we get the other good part of this show, which which is some old man in the front row chanting USA. At least he's having fun. Yeah, what was the point in the crowd chanting USA? They're both Americans in the ring. <laughs> we go. One more so than the, 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 than the other. Well, John, you got to understand, um, they're just supporting the network that has tech war on it. <laughs> of course, because the fans aren't idiots. So, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, that's why they chant TBS sometimes, or, or, or they chant, you know, MSNBC or Cartoon Network. Well, they can't do that because Turner runs that. Vince won't allow that. So Luger knows sells some chops, or maybe he did sell, and that's just how he sells. But but then he fires up, gets leveraged to the floor, he hits his head against a rail, and we go to break pretty quickly. Because in 1995, we still have not coordinated commercial breaks with, with what happens in the ring yet. It's just, it's all arbitrary. We come back from break and Vince says, not too much has changed. <laughs> Said unironically. Actually, there's something I want to... Uh, uh, oh, no, sorry, it's not from that break. It's the, the next break because, yes, there's two commercial breaks, ladies and gentlemen, in this uh, match. Not one, but two. It's Vince's gift to us. Oh, yes. By the way, there was a couple of um, subtitle faux pas again in this match. Really now? But it was just the same thing this week. Uh, you know how... 
last time I was on, I was saying how, you know, there was all these different, you know, they were saying one thing and it was coming up completely different on the screen. Uh, this mm-hmm. time, they basically thought, well, we can't make out what they're saying. We're not going to put another word. We'll just put the word indistinct on the subtitles. <laughs> um, both from Jim, Jim Cornette as well. He said, Strongbow is three days older than Dirt, to which the subtitles read, Strongbow is o- three days older than indistinct. <laughs> and Luger is going full bow. Subtitles, Luger is going indistinct. <laughs> sounds like... Sounds like a Rush song. Luger is going indistinct. Well, it, it just reminds me of um, the Undertaker's Kid Rock song when they would go radio edit. <laughs> it loses its magic if it's like, and you can indistinct. I'm a porno flick. I'm like amazing grace. <laughs> see, see, Luger come in the real American badass. Just gotta get him a bike and uh, you know, some Kid Rock and later some Limp Biscuit. Daddy's hair black. Well, yes. You could, um, well, I don't know how that would have gone, but it, w- it would have been a lot better than whatever the hell he's doing here. How would that have looked? I wonder if there is somebody that can bring that to life for us. Or Sydney to <laughs> American drag ass. Sydney, can you can you do American drag ass Lex Luger for me, please, via Photoshop? Not you, John. Oh, Sydney God. has to do it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to use You've got 24 hours to learn. <laughs> Why are you so mean if, I... <laughs> if you don't do it, I die. No. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to you use don't do Photoshop it. tutorial. <laughs> I am waiting with bated breath for your Photoshop. You do that. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. So as Vince points out that not too much has changed, it's at this point that I realize that I don't think one actual hold or move has been attempted yet. There's just been all strikes. As soon as I write that, Tonka applies a bear hug. You've got to <laughs> slow things down. That bear hug, to me, it looked like the slow dance at the end of a night in a nightclub. To tank us the, <laughs> the drunk bloke and Lugas playing the last that he's been chatting up all night. <laughs> Boy, he must be drunk. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh yes. <laughs> I have not drink. <laughs> so Vince says, no doubt who the fans are behind. Still trying to get him over. <laughs> and then we come to Chief J Strongbow on the floor, demonstrating some sort of actual motion and emotion by giving Luger gestures and pantomimes on how to break the bear hug. By, by trying, to, trying to teach him from a distance how to slide the arms in to pry Tatanga's arms apart. I feel like this is like, you know, news to Luger. This, this trombo is teaching him ring psychology from the floor. So so Luger, so Luger gets the light bulb above his head and, and he has the epiphany and then he just punches Tatanga in the face and breaks the hole. <laughs> I, I know. I'll ignore Strongbow. It feels like a, it feels like a Simpsons gag. It feels like a Simpsons gag. Like it feels like Lex Luger's running away from Tatonka and Tatonka's catching up and Lex goes, I know, and pulls out some sausages and goes, These sausages will give me the strength I need. <laughs> Luger is good at getting the point. <laughs> so Jim Cornette, who I almost feel sorry for here, is trying to sell the psychology of the sleeper hold and get the move over because someone's using it. 
And it's important to impart that kind of knowledge onto a fan base that might find it boring. But if you make it important to them, they might see it as important. So that's what he's trying to do here. But, of course, Vince won't allow that. He just talks over him. So Tatanka's kicking ass at this point. He goes to the floor and starts stalking Strongbow. So then he snatches the headdress, and then he smashes it because he's a heel. So Strongbow chops him. <laughs> Why wasn't Luger disqualified for that? Well, Tatanka started it, you see. Ah, okay. See, he provoked Strongbow. Strongbow had to defend himself. Got you. So, I mean, that's, I'm just guessing. Here. I think it's because Strongbow is moving so quickly that no one saw him. It was like a, it was like it was like such a miracle to see him actually do something other than blink. <laughs> that the referee was just like surprised and, and, and stupefied, and didn't ha- and, and didn't have the heart to the squ- to put him on the losing end just for that. He was just amazed. Like I'm not even mad. That's impressive. Every time I see people like Strongbow involved, all I think of, all I think of, is Randy Savage. Sat at the announce table because Vince says he's too old, and you've got Strongbow, who who moves, who, who the, whose average speed is glacial, and he is all right to be used in a physical capacity, but Savage isn't. Are you kidding me? Strongbow once won the gold medal in the in the forty yard mosey. <laughs> <laughs> he won the gold medal in the upward forgot what I went to the bedroom for. He's <laughs> <laughs> like if Orange Cassidy weren't an act. <laughs> yes! Strongbow is Orange Cassidy! <laughs> Hang on. Orange Cassidy, Strong J. Strongbow, he is Strongbow Dark Fruits. <laughs> Not my best flavour. It's not, it's not the best, but it's good for the gag. <laughs> From wherever, wing, whatever. He's the head road agent of Monday Night Raw. I mean, that'd get over like Rover. <laughs> if it was strong, oh, <laughs> Sid, as an AEW expert, do you believe that Strongbow has it in him to be the next Orange Cassidy? I believe in him. <laughs> Yay! Strongbow says hell no. <laughs> so Luger starts kicking ass as we go to the break we come back it's more of the same why the breaks I don't know we're just stretching this thing out to all hell there was something I noticed actually when they came back from the break as well from that second break it looked like yeah. Luger went for a bit of a low blow and either in, well I don't know if it was intentional enough but it seemed that he actually hit Tatanka right in the clems like the way Austin did it to Byron Saxon this year um yeah, that's what it looked like to me. It it, it, it looked like he, he, he went for something, but then he just sort of his hand just sort of dipped and just went <laughs> straight between Tatanka's legs. Did Tatanka say he, he must have a wide hand? He got both of them. <laughs> Any opportunity to work in a kingpin reference? So we come. So yeah, we're back and Luger's still kicking ass, and Tatanka goes to bail on the match. Can't blame him. And Luger slowly fetches him, carries him back to the ring. It's about time he carried somebody. Hey, The fans here in Georgia want to see the torture rack because Luger is kind of a local legend. So Tatanka tries to bail a second time. He's like, I don't think you heard me the first time. <laughs> Gets brought back. Now a third time at bailing. This time it ends in a count out. After 20 minutes of that. It's an awful finish. And I don't get why they, they teased the count out so much. 
thinking that, oh, this is going to be Luger getting, finally getting his comeuppance over to Tonka, only to deny us again. They seriously aren't thinking, of, like, is this, is this the payoff? This is the payoff, isn't it? Well, well, it wasn't supposed to be. Oh. They were supposed to face off at WrestleMania 11, Tom. In the original plans, it was going to be a strap match between the two. Since which Tonka could not escape. Okay, I like that. I like that. And that's what we're getting, but, right? There's no, I can't see a reason why that wouldn't well, happen, plans right? Well, change. Oh. Well, well, plans change, unfortunately. Uh, we learned that in WBF math, two Harris twins equal one Tatanka. <laughs> and, Tatanka and Tatanka's main to pay off was solely because he ran to the ring before the main event. Oh, that's sad. That's a sad there was a line, there, there was a line that Jim Cornette came out with as well towards the end of the match. Uh, Lugo was seemed to be going towards DiBiase. And Cornette said, you can't hit a man with money. You should know that, Vince. Was he implying something there by any chance? I think he was just saying that um, because Vince is rich, nobody can touch him. Quite possibly. That would make sense. Unless he was trying to say that Vince can't be Turner, which I don't think Cornette would say that. I don't think he would either. That would be a weird thing to say. Cornette Cornette may be a smart-ass agitator, but in 1995, he knew where his bread was buttered. (laughs) Um, So, Sid, what do we think of the... The the, col- the colossal collision between Tatanka and Lex Luger. I was just like, can we move on? Can we go? Can we get to the later in the show? <laughs> you were sold on it then by the sounds of it. Oh, see, yeah. It's completely sold. See, this is why I was pulled from WrestleMania 11 for that reason alone. They just didn't think they had it in them. Well, we know they can go 20 minutes as so long as they do two minutes of work. <laughs> this is the thing, right? This and, and, and I put this in my notes. The same way that I thought Luger's promo was like he's really like he's he's working to he's working hard here. I felt like this was built like an epic, and it was probably the best match they could possibly have against each other. It was still crap, but this is them I think working near the top of their ability level. So this is the best that we're going to get out of them. I think. Do you agree, John? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, I mean the the, the feud have been going for six months. What else can you do with it? You know, it's it, it's just you know they seem to be clutching at straws. They really were struggling for storylines and angles and that sort of thing and you know 
if they hadn't gone with that, if they'd gone with that finish, but there'd been a bit more emphasis on the match itself, you know, maybe we could have got that strap match at uh, WrestleMania, but uh, they just didn't seem to bother. No, they certainly did not. So we can. Get a Slim Jim ad for Bam Bam Bigelow, which has to be one of the last ones. I know I've said that four weeks in a row now. He's no Randy Savage. Mm, unfortunately. And and we definitely segue from that into Lawrence Taylor awaiting via satellite for some sort of via satellite conversation with Bam Bam Bigelow. Because turns out Bam Bam wants LT to apologize for antagonizing him and they're gonna have some sort of a verbal hashing out. Meanwhile, we have a truly arbitrary piece of footage here. From a battle royal over the weekend, and it's Jerry Lawler was thrown over the top rope, but he pulls a pseudo Shawn Michaels, lands on one foot, and chooses to hop around the ring like uh, just on that on the one foot because he's staying alive because the other one hasn't hit yet. So Bret Hart comes out, he's going to antagonize him. He follows Lawler around, trying to get Lawler to you know, lose his balance. Then finally stomps on his foot, and then Lawler, in pain, drops the other one down. It was a nice little charming moment where Bret gets one over on Lawler again because they're still feuding. I don't know why they showed it here, but I whatever. I, don't, I feel like maybe they're keeping their options open for WrestleMania because obviously Lawler and Brett are going to have a, a busy summer together. So I don't know whether they're just keeping their keeping their options open. I guess that's the best way to put it. Of course, we you know, we didn't know at the time where that was going to go if a certain wrestler who appeared in the dark match was going to end up being one of Lawler's heavies down the line in a completely unforgettable role. Oh, but we have a true. whole. Summer. But we have a whole spring and summer to flesh out that character. Mm-hmm. And before and before long, we'll be numb to it. See what he did there. What was wrong with my mountain there? rock? <laughs> hey, on a fun note with that, he was on the dark uh, of this show. And he apparently now has pink hair. Man, mountain rock. Mm-hmm. Why does he have pink hair? I guess someone thought it was a good idea. Someone just threw cotton candy on him or something. <laughs> I, I like to think that's what happened. Bubble tape. <laughs> Maybe that's where John Moxley got the idea from in his early career. Well, for pink hair. Oh yeah, he had pink yeah. hair, didn't he? He did. He did yeah, man, Mount- man, Mountain Mox. <laughs> John. Okay. <laughs> John, can you tell Sid that she's doing Man Mountain Mox as well, please? <laughs> okay, Sid. Can you can you Photoshop Man Mountain Mox, please? Owen Hart versus Larry Santo. Excellent. Larry Santo is a veteran enhancement talent from places like WCW and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So you can tell Jim Cornette had a hand in bringing in some of these guys for this show. Including the jobber in our next match, which I'm very happy to get to that. Mm. Not the match itself, but him. So, so according to our commentators here, Owen is looking for a tag team partner. I'm furious with that. I'm furious. Like, this is... This is a time where the company is so lean for decent singles wrestling. We've just had what felt like seven days of Tatonka versus Luger. You've got Owen Hart, a phenomenal heel wrestler, excellent tactician, incredible presence on that roster. Oh, we're going to put him in the tag division. What are you doing? Why are you doing? Tom names. Name seven steady teams in this company at this point. Uh, Bushwhackers. Why were they the first ones you named? Because <laughs> I always, I always like the Bushwhackers. Are you going by age? Uh, I'm going by talent. <laughs> in ascending, um, descending. Um, 
well done. Um, Vince McMahon and lawsuits. <laughs> so, so it turns out I was looking for a tag team partner. Sid and photoshops. Stop. <laughs> Cornette is advocating for the heavenly bodies to get a shot at smoking guns. Heavenly bodies. See, that's why I'm here. <laughs> and and, and Cornette uh, says, in regards to Owen, he might be able to work something out with him. Foreshadowing. Ooh. Meanwhile, Cornette makes each makes the expected El Santo joke about Larry Santo, which I'm sure went over Vince's head. I liked it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think he's, that was the joke he said. Um, he said that Larry Santo was related to the son of El Santo, and Vince just. Vince does what he always does. He doesn't get a joke where he just goes, well, uh, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> like, he doesn't even fake it. But when Vince loves a joke, it's, ha ha, unbelievable. But this, he well, just good, buried it. Well, the good thing is Larry Sanders' first initial is L. So if you put his initial and his last name on like a, on like a call sheet or something, it would say, would say El Santo. Ah. <laughs> that's how he got so many bookings. That's right. It's like, it's like wow, you look so different. You look tall and... Pale and, and not Mexican. So Santa works the arm for a bit because he actually this guy actually can wrestle. He's not just some local yokel who they just found him and said, Here, put on these tights. And Owen takes over and dominates. He fires up at one point and the front row starts cheering for him. Weird. And then Vince insists then Vince insists that Owen must have flown those fans in because nobody's allowed to like a heel in this company. Yeah, for uh, any reason. A, the the seemed to go pretty wild when um Owen hit a leg drop. At one point in the match, the fans were really into Owen. They were like, yeah, go on, Owen. And it was like, okay, different. Yeah, and it's just... But it's been a theme that whenever like a heel gets booed in, in, in this time period, Vince or Monsoon or whoever would be like, well, obviously, you know, he must have paid those fans off to cheer for him. Or obviously, those people aren't too bright. It's like, you can't just, A, ignore it. Or B, just you know, let the heel have a moment. Like, well, obviously, there's a contingent of fans here who appreciate his talent, even though he's not... Not a good person. He doesn't. He is respected for his wrestling ability. Like you can't even do that. They gotta control the narrative so much, and it's, it's freaking annoying. Mm-hmm. So Owen ends up finishing him off. Hits the missile drop kick. Hooks the sharpshooter. Owen pretends he can't hear the referees. He keeps pulling on the legs. Not bad for a squash match. I just wish Owen was doing more. I just wish Owen was doing so much more. He's so good. Well. The- this is the road they have him on now. And overall, it's not a bad road because it does lead to good things for him. Including one of my favorite underrated Mania moments ever, but we'll get there. Oh, we'll get to that one. Sid, did we enjoy Did we enjoy Owen and Santo and Santos? Yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good, um, it was a good squash match. There you go. It was all right. Simple endorsement. Simple endorsements. <laughs> like endorsements in haiku form almost. I'm a fan. <laughs> I loved Haiku. I hated the name Meng, though. <laughs> it's better as Haiku. That's a good joke. That one is. It's going to get the Tom good joke seal of approval. Ding. There you go. <laughs> now we come to the real main event of the show. <laughs> a segment that was so awkward. And this was used to build a WrestleMania main event. Yes! First, we have the green screen of Vincent Cornette hovering before a crowd. The screen was that obvious. He actually had a green sort of mist around Jim Cornette's head. <laughs> or, they or just smell. That's all it is. They just smell. 
So we have Radioactive Cornette and Radioactive Vince sitting there. But the best thing it's is radioactive right, it's, and Fallout Boy. It's not even just it's it's not even just the radioactive commentary team. It's not just the look, it's the sound, right? Because now Oh yeah, it's so obvious they're in a studio. Exactly. I'm no expert. I mean I dabble in Adobe Audition, but I'm no expert. But if you're in um if you're in an arena with lots of people, why does the sound bounce off the walls? Like, Cornette is blatantly in, in like, a back cupboard. Lenny from Simpsons style going, please don't tell people how I live. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's so blatant. Yes. It's whenever Cornette raises his voice here, it's, it's, it sounds like he's yelling into a coffee can. <laughs> it's, it's so distorted. With that said, we have we have, we have the levitating announcers who, who are radioactive. We have the horrible audio quality. And here's Lawrence Taylor, formerly of the New York Football Giants. He's via satellite in what is obviously a, some sort of like 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 studio set. We get footage of the incident again of Bam Bam shoving him at the Royal Rumble. Courtesy of Coliseum Home Video. Thank you, thank you to them for for providing Exhibit A for the trial here. <laughs> so LT LT feels that he did not disrespect Bigelow, and then in a moment the would certainly not happen today because they're very protective of their of their talents. Bigelow says he I'm sorry, LT says, and this is a direct quote here, he disrespected himself by losing to a thirteen year old. <laughs> yes, uh, According Lawrence to... Taylor, what very fun was. I mean it, it, it was it was funny for what it was, but you're burying a baby face wrestler because he looks prepubescent to a certain degree. And you're making it's, out that Lawrence Taylor just doesn't know anything about wrestling. Yeah, this is like, like this is how this is how an outsider would look at the show. Like you lost to a guy who's like 180 pounds soaking wet, and it's like, come on now. It's like, it's like I'm one of the good guys. Why would you say that? We're you have to assume side. he has some knowledge of wrestling because he was at the Royal Rumble. We have to assume there is some vague passing interest in wrestling enough so to not call one of the good guys a 13 year old. Well, didn't he say that he was a guest at the Royal Rumble from uh, Diesel? Didn't he say Diesel um, was like treating well, LT to uh, tickets at the Rumble? A dinner. Well, well, that makes it worse because, I mean, he, obviously he's been cheering for Nationals. He was Oz. So you think he'd have more appreciation for the business. <laughs> so he says what Bam Bam did was childish, but they'll settle in other ways. Vince calls it embarrassing for the WWF. True. That line alone was embarrassing for the WWF. LT is tired of them constantly showing the footage. So am I. <laughs> then he says Bigelow pushes like a sissy. Well, I mean, LT did go off his feet, so <laughs> in, in theory here, then, I mean, he, he got right up, mind you. He is Lawrence Taylor. He's one of the, he's, he's probably the greatest defensive player in the history of the league and a, and a fearsome individual. So, of course, he's going to have fighting words in return. Because right now he's weighing his options. What options? Either you fight him or you take him to court. <laughs> so now correct me if I'm wrong here, but if you, if you're calling someone a sissy for shoving you, how how tough does it look to pursue litigation against a man for shoving you? Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we meant to be mm. cheering him in a couple of weeks? Because <laughs> I think he's the biggest heel in the business right now. 
Yeah, because he, he disrespected the one, two, three kid. It's it's no th- all these right. If, I was, if, if somebody was to turn up on AEW, right, and go, mm-hmm. um, hey, Marco Stud, you look like a thirteen year old. You push rubbish. I don't want to wrestle you. I'm going to sue you instead. That's all heel stuff. That's deeply embedded heel stuff. stuff. That's Marco. It's Marco. That- He'd be the biggest pay in the company if he did that. <laughs> I suppose. No one likes him, do they? Bless him. What LT's doing here, he's cutting a promo that Pat McAfee would do on purpose. Yes. Yes. It was very McAfee. Because <laughs> yeah, McAfee gets wrestling. LT, he's a little out of his element here. He might know who Hulk Hogan is because he doesn't really know this stuff too well. So LT finally does what he's supposed to do and puts over Bam Bam a little bit for being athletic. And then finally Bam Bam pipes in. At long last. And, and Bigelow, God bless him, he comes in and puts the 123 kid over immediately. Yeah. So, like, hey, that one, no 13 year old, he's, one, he's a great athlete, one of the premier superstars in the WWF. Like, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's what you're supposed to do. It's total role reversal, isn't it? LT's coming across as the heel, and Bigelow comes across as the face. Exactly. Because, I mean, LT should, I mean, I mean LT, someone should just smarten LT up in the first place and have him say, like, now, you know, maybe you shouldn't or, you know, give him some bullet points. Yeah, actually, actually, you know, I think I'm going to say this. This is why you have scripts. Yeah, it's true. It's true. From you, This is why you, you, you set these people up in a certain way, especially they're not savvy to the business. Yeah. Yeah, no one clued him in. So they argue for a bit. LT's not, LT's not very passionate about this. Bigelow's giving it his all here. Bigelow references I Dream of Genie. A TV show from 30 years earlier. <laughs> Vince wrote so, that. Vince wrote that. So he scripted, so he scripted Bam Bam, but not LT. Brilliant. <laughs> apparently, apparently, there was a press conference the next day at the Hard Rock Cafe in New York City. Media outlets are expected to attend. LT says he'll be there. Bigelow will be there. And LT, before he walks off, gets in this parting shot. Don't forget to, don't forget to wear your dress. <laughs> God's sake. Yeah, they've the, the, the got... They've, got, they've done this completely arse first. You know, they've, they've gone completely the wrong way in. Well, in another time, that he, he'd have been a babyface, like, not quite unanimously, but more so than today for saying that line. But that's not a babyface line today. Definitely not. And, and yeah, it just, it just ends like that with Cornette's voice blowing out the uh, speakers on my TV. The one bit that I have to add is, like, Bigelow comes across as he's had a drink for one thing and there's a great bit when he's talking to lt and he's he's like hey you don't disrespect the stars of the wwf what are you doing i can't get over the cough i know he's mentioned it already but i can't get over the cough it just looks so out of place it's almost like again i know we mentioned but it's like the whole thing of the it was like he didn't know it was going to be one take. It was that Sid were live Sid type feel. Like it was that whether or not he just he forgot that it was all one take. Maybe somebody would cough in the middle of a wrestling promo. It just it just Realistic. felt really out of place. Like, why do it now? Well, because sometimes you got to cough. I mean, I've coughed on the show before. I've sneezed on the show before. Don't tell Vince. But no, but like it, it got me thinking then of things that you don't see during wrestling promos and one of them is somebody just we saw a lot of it here we saw it all here we like 
somebody kind of like halfway through goes, "Hey, the Rock says, <coughs> know your role and shut your mouth." Or we don't have Steve Austin. Well, did he do that once? Did he? Yeah, well, remember there was a, a um, he was trying to do a promo and his voice broke, and I'm Having sure it was on a live time, role. Yeah, yeah Rock even joked about it and broke character for a moment. That was that was like in, after Mankind beat him for the belt before Rock got it back. His voice started going up like this a little bit. He had like, like he needed like a drink real quick. He yeah, says, he, had a, he had a bottle of water nearby, didn't he? He says, he says, we'll get this right. And then he acts like smart a little bit. Even though Mankind's his mortal enemy. It's pretty funny, actually. You just don't hear things like that very often. You don't hear Steve Austin going, hey, I'll tell you what, you son of a bitch. I'm gonna, oh, hang on. I've got a sneeze coming. Hang on. <laughs> How dare you sneeze in front of me, Austin? It's okay. It's gone. <laughs> Well, I always did wonder, and like, how do NASCAR drivers handle it when you're going 180 miles an hour? What if you have to sneeze? That's a good question, actually. It's yeah. a scary question. Sid, explain some of the accents we've seen. Sid, your thoughts on LT and Bigelow's showdown featuring Cough? It was interesting. I don't really know how else to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited for WrestleMania 11? Yeah, that's the question. Uh, I mean, I'm interested, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I was so tired when I was watching this. <laughs> so you, is, is it fair to say you're interested in the same way when someone, when one of your childhood friends says, hey, we found a dead body by the creek. You want to come see it? Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's like that. We, we, we're not expecting something good, but you still want to see it anyway. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Fair point. Doink versus Bob Cook. I feel bad for Bob Cook. Now, you were excited about Bob Cook, weren't you? Absolutely, I am. Bob Cook, veteran wrestler, the best left-handed punch in the business. And good figure, in this match, we don't see one left-handed punch from Bob Cook. <laughs> this was bullshit. If only if only that left hook or left punch or whatever it was had just connected up one on Dink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that... It just... Oh. Hey, you know, hey... Hang on, I have to apologize for what I just said about Marcus Stunt three minutes ago. Marcus Stunt, by comparison, is like Mitsuharu Masao compared to Dink. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So Vince says we can call the Superstar line to find out what happened, what happened at Hard Rock Cafe the next day. Smooth. <laughs> Making so that Cook money. Was... Making the money. Bob Cook looks like if Kevin Owens were a hockey player in the 80s. <laughs> He has a glorious mullet here. The, a, a true Manitoba waterfall. That's a great name for them, by the way. A Manitoba that's waterfall. That's what it is. Nice. Nice. Get a spot, get a spot where Dwayne sits on Bob Cook. And Dink comes in and shakes his ass at him and hits him a couple times and runs off. Oh, if, if that had been if I had been Bob Cook there, I would have grabbed him for real. I really would. I, I want to blame Bob Cook. So Dink keeps interfering. This keeps happening. Well, Vince is happy. Dwayne Cook's an arm bar. There's a lot of arm work. Vincent Cornette's talk neutral system, weight watchers or something. It's all about weight because... because yeah, he's a... basically saying that people are over... Vince basically makes out that people who are overweight aren't very intelligent. If that's the case, I'd be thick as mince. <laughs> <laughs> you know, two short planks would beat me in a pub quiz. <laughs> well, I think what he's trying to say is that Paul Heyman's put on a few pounds, and that's why ECW sucks. Well, Paul Heyman's put on a lot of pounds since then. He's one of the smartest men in the business now. Well, in some ways, except for the part where he apparently lies to the Good Brothers. Oh, yeah. So that was a bit of fun. A, and perhaps a few other people. 
So this goes on for a bit. Only finishes with the whoopee cushion. I you love the whoopee lost... cushion. I love that move. I'm like Vince. I like a good fart joke. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I do. Do you like the sound effect as well? By the way, did you know during the match um, there was a part where Doink does the cannonball on the kook and there's a fan at ringside he's wearing a green cap he's having a good dink whoever that man is buy him a beer from me will you? (laughs) Thankfully Dink won't be around a whole lot longer Yay The Doink Doink thing is such a it's such a miss and we've seen it before with, with guys that in WWE, where they'll start getting good reaction, and they will become, they'll go, oh, they must be a face. Then it's happened with the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and how Bray Wyatt is now considered the top, one of the top baby faces of Monday Night Raw. I was like, well, he's blatantly not, you know. But you're just going, oh, he's people are cheering, so let's make him a full-on baby face. Like, don't do it. Like, doink! All the fun got zapped out of the clown the moment they made him a baby face. And when Matt Bourne left. And when Matt Bourne left, of course. So. I think what Fiend needs is like a uh, a pint sized sidekick. Oh, <laughs> oh! Max, what's Max Mini doing these days? The friend. <laughs> yes, the, the friend. <laughs> Sid, the would you, John. Would you, John, bring that to life. <laughs> Sid, would you pop for a Fiend friend combo? A mini Fiend, fiend to swaggle. follow the Fiend around. I mean, I don't Elts- know. Elsewhere, Fiend though. Oh, my lord. Um, I don't know. I'd be interested how they would use it, how they would do something with it, but... They could sing just the two of us in, in prison yeah. costumes. <laughs> Next week's episode of Raw will feature an 18-minute match between Shawn Michaels and Davey Boy Smith. Why wasn't that the 100th episode? Oh, that would have been... Oh, see, that's my appetite well and truly wet for episode 101. Like, that's that's a great match. That's as good as we'll get in 1995. Yeah. That'd probably probably be the best match that we watch in this entire calendar year in terms of the actual TV product. Oh, gosh, really? I can't think of anything better than that off the top of my head. That's terrible news. Well, I mean, it depends on how Mantar and Bob Holly goes. <laughs> Come on, Bob and Mantar. Pull it I mean, it's always, it's always possible, I guess. Bob Holly oh. and Mantar, the vroom versus the mrrr. <laughs> the, the cow guard. <laughs> oh, the I, cow guard? It doesn't make any sense, does it? I'm tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> cow car. You can't drive if you can't steer. Yeah. Hey! Oh, flipping. Oh, Gee, do you know what? You know what? We we may we may be not at war at the moment, but Justin Henry is here dropping the bombs. <laughs> so we, so we come to our alleged main event for this show. Oh, what a main event too! Hang on, before you do that, they had the advert for the WWF game at the time. Was it uh... Raw? Was the guy doing the voice over that underwater when he did it? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Peter Gabriel singing Intruder. (laughs) I think he's an unlockable character. I think. Peter Peter Gabriel? Yes. (laughs) Is he wearing the white makeup he had in the um, Shock the Monkey video? No, he's wearing the suit from Sledgehammer. Oh, Oh, sweet. Which is nice. 
and he comes out to a 16-bit crunched version of In Your Eyes. Because <laughs> you're not allowed nice things. <laughs> is, he, is he turning into the frog from the Kiss the Frogs video? Oh, yes, he does. I've, I've, just, I've just had it checked. And yes, he does. Are we all excited about the AEW game, by the way, on the subject of video games? Of course. No. Yes. What, what am I saying? <laughs> yeah, it I'm already gives a look. Even though I've only seen one minute of footage from the game, I can definitely say that the game sucks and I will never like it. Yeah. You know, I'm an internet user. <laughs> it isn't exactly how I imagined it in my mind. Not that I ever told anyone, but it's not. So therefore, hate it. Goodbye. Nah, people. No, nah, to be honest, like if we're gonna buy one thing, right? And this is this is across the generations thing. Like Sid, you're hyped for the game, aren't you? Yes, I am. What what is it about the game you're excited about? It just looks like I'm just really really excited for it. I like the fact that the person behind No Mercy is part of it. I think that's really cool. <laughs> and also, I just really like Yuke's developing. It's been been it would it. it it's been really, really good, and All Stars was one of my favorite WWE games. And so far, it looks a little like that, maybe a little different. But um, of course, right now it's just preliminary stuff. But it, even with the preliminary stuff, it still looks super good. I was going to ask you what your favorite wrestling game was. Is it All Stars? Yeah, All Stars is my favorite. I also like the SmackDown versus Raw. I think we have like two thousand. 10 i think i think that's the one we like the one with gm mode or something oh that's there you go and so this so the gm mode announcement is is one that ticks a lot of boxes that's exciting um oh yeah for sure john best wrestling game oh best wrestling game uh wrestling on the sega master system oh, 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 I knew i'm going old school <laughs> i knew you'd pull out a banger i knew you'd pull out a banger the game which is so easy to win because you only need one move to win it. <laughs> and there's only one move in the whole bloody game. Yeah, well, all you got to do is just punch your opponent. All you got to do, <laughs> you just punch your opponent. Uh, was it something like uh, three times or something in each match, and they go down and they can't get back up, so you just pin them. <laughs> but the thing is, you've got to, you've got to, you've got ten matches to win in three different areas, so you've got to basically land ninety punches to win the game. <laughs> I mean, Onita only had one move, and he was a champion. <laughs> That's what they base it on. For the for the benefit of um, those, or Sydney, um, I'd like you to see what we grew up with. And there is pro wrestling for the Master System. There's an image of it in, in the chat right now for you to observe. What in the world? <laughs> That's yep, our that wrestling game. game, baby. That is quite something. <laughs> Karate kick. I I need to find. Actually, I'm going to try and find if I can. Um, there was a game on the. I mean, I'm going old old school here. I'm going ZX Spectrum. There was a there was a tag team game uh, on there, and the graphics. I mean, even if you made the Master System game in in black and white, or monochrome at least anyway, like it was on the Spectrum, the game would still be playing better than this one that I played on the Spectrum itself. Oh, nice. I think it was something like Bop and Wrestle or something like that it was called. Uh, Justin, I've heard of that game. to you, yeah. uh, best wrestling game? Smackdown, Here Comes the Pain. Ah, oh, there you go. The game that, on the day that I bought it, I played it for, other than stop and have dinner and take a shower, played for 16 straight hours and drank two entire bottles of Mountain Dew. Whoa. What? You must have been pissing like a racehorse. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. 
I, I was doing the Austin Powers unfrozen hand on the wall. <laughs> in order to stay, in order to stay up. Oh mate, that's incredible. See, I'm gonna like shout. Oh, go it was like five in the morning when I finally beat the game, or when I finally, when my creative Bret Hart won the Royal Rumble by throwing Scott Steiner out. <laughs> Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. So this is like this is like a bad error for him. And then Stephanie Graham made a shot at WrestleMania against I can't. I I, that beat Nash. I can't remember. Either either way, Bret was a champion. He avenged all his wrongs. <laughs> He went back and righted it. Screwjob never happened. We rewrote history. It was a good time out of my own. My employer at the time's big mistake was giving me two days off in a row. I used to book days off around the wrestling games coming out. I remember. And uh, there's a there's a guy. He's no longer with us, sadly. He's a, a bit of a, rest, a radio hero of mine. Uh, a guy by the name of John Myers. John Morgan. Um, and uh, he... He was like when I was moving up to the northeast. He used to do radio up here. One was known as Century. I don't know whether you remember Century, John. I do, yes. And uh, he used to do, he used to be Morgan in the morning, and he, we were friends on Twitter. And he messaged me and he said, "Oh, I hear you're moving up north." I was like, "Yeah, I'm." Yeah. He said, "Oh, we must go for that coffee." I was like, "Oh, this is great! Like I'm in the presence of like a a, a hero of mine." And I remember it was a, it was the day that I think I think SmackDown versus Raw came out and. Uh, we went for a coffee and, and some breakfast, and we chatted about radio for ages. And we, and I think I built up a lot of respect to him as somebody who's like, oh, actually, he knows his stuff. He knows his onions. And uh, as we wrapped up, he said, uh, "So, uh, what are you up to now?" I said, "Well, I'm off for the rest of the day. Um, a new wrestling game's come out, so that'd be my day." And he went, "Oh, you know that wrestling, are you? All my, all my cred I'd built for hours gone, just dissipated <laughs> because." I dropped in that I was off to buy a wrestling game. But you never made that mistake again. I didn't know. Well, he's no longer with us, so I won't make it again for definite. <laughs> but it was a, it was a hell of a day. Oh, and hang on, is that tag team wrestling that John's posted into the chat as well? It is. Yeah, that was uh, oh. that was the game. It was actually called American Tag Team Wrestling. Sid, I hope you're seeing these and realizing how good you got it. <laughs> I think she fell asleep. Oh, no, she's on mute. Sid. No, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> Sid, Sid, yeah, Sid, yeah. Sid fell asleep out of boredom. Quite... <laughs> no, I, I see it. It's quite, quite something. Quite. <laughs> I do realize I've got it pretty good right now. But even then, like some of the games that look good don't play good. So if those games played good, then oh, they did. Then I don't. I don't think it's bad. I don't think. I don't think graphics are the be-all, end-all. It's very true. Which is why No Mercy is definitive, because the graphics aren't... Compared to, to, to some of its predecessors, they're not astounding. But in terms of gameplay, phenomenal work. Phenomenal mm -hmm. No Mercy. Like One I still bust out to this day. I love playing No Mercy. I actually like 2K19. I actually like 2K19. Yeah. It's not a bad game. It's like a. It's not a wrestling game like Fire Pro. But it's a sports entertainment game, and it allows you to, to, to play into the trappings of pantomime wrestling more than anything else. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know um, I know Austin really uh, enjoyed that game, and he had fun doing the, like, the million-dollar challenge and stuff with AJ Styles. Like, I, I, I remember he had a really good time playing that. It's great fun. Anyway, sorry, moving on. We got distracted by video game bands. <laughs> Because so speaking, 
we go to the ant- the antithesis of fun here. Um, Kama versus Ken Raper. Raper, I think, stole Brian Pillman's tights. Cincinnati <laughs> Bengal print, um, tiger print here. He had a lot of potential names, Ken Raper. I'm not going to go into the rigors of that, but it's the fact that I went on to um, I did some research into Ken, and he's been th- he's got through loads of different names, and I'm. I'm surprised none of these stuck. For example, Beta. <laughs> that's, that's already a better name. Uh, Chief Warcloud. Master well, of Terror number two. So, so we so we answered all the all the questions. The Master of Terror number one uh, left left open ended. Pretty much, yeah. Or alternatively, okay. it was a straight to t- straight to video sequel of Master of Terror one. Um, he was also Jason the Terrible. And Ken Starr with two R's. So some good so, options there. So he's the one that investigated the whole Mark Lewinsky thing? That's the one. That was that was the gimmick, weirdly. I mean, very niche, but that was the gimmick. Ah, so he's, he's had quite a distinguished career then. He certainly has. So Kama's trying to, still trying to get over the whole MMA element of his game here. Punches, spin kicks... He does all this while Cornette plugs Tech War. I'm, I'm sure he was thrilled, thrilled to do that. Cornette also said about Karma, he said he makes Bruce Lee look like a choir boy and Jean-Claude Van Damme look like a boy scout. Sid? Yeah. Can we have Bruce Lee as a choir boy, please, and Jean-Claude Van Damme as a boy scout? John, I, I'm done with you. <laughs> and Sid, can you, ch- can you tag Jean-Claude Van Damme in them, please? Um, <laughs> Does you know who Jean-Claude okay, Van Damme even Justin, is? Justin's my only friend here now. Okay. Oh, fine. <laughs> That's you know, I, I gotta say, I'm not sure a dropping headbutt to the abdomen is an MMA move. Uh, <laughs> do you not see that yeah, episode of UFC? Yeah, I don't think I've seen that on uh, Tito Ortiz do that. Well, I was playing UFC 4 last night, which you can actually fight in the Q-Mite ring, which, is, which made me very happy, and I was... I was Brock Lesnar, and I was beating up, I think it was um, Stefan Struve, and uh, that wasn't in the arsenal, so I don't know. But uh, Kamo keeps going to the camera and demanding more competition, or perhaps a gimmick where, he, where he's escorted by several women in the ring, one or the other. Nice looking corner kicks. Fans don't care, though. Even the heat machine's falling asleep. Nice belly to belly, and we get the kneeling STF, which he does better than Cena, at least. And Kamo wins. Easy. Just nothing to it. They are they're they're putting a lot of stock into karma, aren't they? Well, he's a reliable guy. He's a friend of the Undertaker's. You know, he's he's dependable for what he can do. He's kind of limited as a worker, but he's fine. He's just he's he's a big he's a big credible enough guy. You I'm surprised he was able to turn up because a, well, not remember I showed you the video of the uh, Monty Python foot squashing him the other week. Oh, that's right. Yes, uh, comma. Um, obviously, an arrow brush of death. Yeah, obviously. But what he needs is a better costume. First of all, he's wearing a white short sleeve shirt under a single. He's supposed to be a badass. This he's wearing a body cast. Yeah, why just come up like wearing you know sort of like the the shorts that uh, Brock Lesnar wears? Yeah, but with a Jimmy John's logo. <laughs> yeah, why not? Or, or or a big pot leaf on it. But it is what it is, and comma. Unfortunately, well. We'll have a very limited ceiling, as we will soon see. 
So we had to fill for a little bit at ringside for our hundredth show because Liberty <laughs> Tongue apparently didn't go long enough. They, they they didn't get they should I think they went to do one extra count out fake out. So that's yeah. added extra minutes onto the end of this show. By the way, when Vince was doing the the live read bit for I can't remember where it was now, he just seemed to be stumbling over his words. I mean, you know, did they not do another take, or was that basically the one they just decided to go with anyway? Well, he's probably just figured enough's enough. He just got bored and went, ah, let's just wrap this up. I think that's what he yeah. did. Probably, yeah. He was interfering with his two o'clock steak. <laughs> his two o'clock meat wrap. <laughs> his two o'clock meat wrap. grabs a steak and just eats it with his bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a corny fill for a little bit, and, I, and we get a Bulldog promo. Do you notice how quickly Bulldog replied to uh, Vince? Yeah. He, he, went, he went, Davy Boy, were you there? And literally the moment... The word there came out of Vince's mouth. Davy Boy just went, yes, Vince. <laughs> He's just excited. He's excited. Yeah. He's like, what I, want to, what I want is, why didn't Davy Boy in his promo go, where's my title shot? Oh, on the rumble, didn't I? Both he, both my feet hit the floor. Sean's didn't. Zach, do you know what? There is, there is legit beef for Bulldog claiming a title shot <laughs> in 1995. <laughs> I suppose it could be worse. I could be teaming with Luger for months on end. <laughs> hey, whatever you do, Vince, don't team me with Luger. <laughs> and the problem is, though, he rang Vince and said that, but the line cut out, and he went, hey, what it, you team me with Luger. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> and that's what happened. Hey, Vince, Vince team me with Luger. That's the real reason he quit in 97, because you, you remember that conversation. It just came to him one day. <laughs> Who do you want to face? Well, I don't want to face Jacob and Eli Blue, so anyone other than them. <laughs> Who do you want to face? Well, <laughs> Jacob and Eli Blue. <sighs> okay, we'll do it! It'd be really bad at this point if I got a haircut. <laughs> Get haircut. So, Brooks says he's got a score to settle. He promised to... He'll take a bite out of Sean. I think that's a DQable offense. <laughs> well, the Bushwick used to bite everybody, and they never got DQ'd. Well, they're from New Zealand. That's different. <laughs> that's like part of their. Uh... It's a greeting in New Zealand. Yeah, it's grandfathered in for them. <laughs> so, the man who takes us home is, of all people, Todd Pettengill. Yay! Hey, Toad Pettenzoo. <laughs> so, Todd plugs the. Pr- Plugs tomorrow's press conference at the Hard Rock Cafe, where they, I guess, will solidify the double main event of WrestleMania. He calls it the highlight of his professional career. Jesus Christ, that is hyperbole. So yeah, hard it made my teeth rattle. That, that is, um, I think he strained his lying muscles on that one. <laughs> Through his backup, giving this company the benefit of the doubt. Tony Giovanni was watching that going, okay, so that's how you hype something. Right. Say it's the best thing ever. Okay, I can do that. Now to say it's a slapdick way of doing it. <laughs> Todd puts over all the media outlets that are going to cover this thing. As if. Some of these I'd heard of. Some of these I'm, some of these I'm sure he made up. I'm sure he said KFC. Like, they're not a media outlet. <laughs> Oh, it's finger looking good coverage. Hey. So, uh, and, and we also learned that Jim Ross is going to file hourly updates to the hotline. So, kids, spend your money. 
don't a, get your parents don't get your parents permission. They don't have to fucking know about this. Just spend <laughs> your money on this company. It'll <laughs> be just between you and us. If you didn't check with the bill provider, naughty naughty, but Vince McMahon forgives you. <laughs> Remember, your your parents give you love, but I give you a product. <laughs> we give you Lawrence Taylor. Because because you've been bad. <laughs> and Todd's and Todd signs us off on that note. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for nothing, Todd. So that was the hundredth episode of Monday Night Raw. Oh wow. Wow. And, and, and you know, some would say that that wasn't how they expected the hundredth episode of Raw to go. I will say having watched the previous ninety nine, that is exactly how I expected the hundredth episode of Raw to go. <laughs> it's it's sadly <laughs> on brand. um sid we are sorry for making you watch this one we thought it'd be nice to get you on for the 100th episode uh we meant well uh but we've i feel like i feel like we failed you today no it's it's all right that wasn't wasn't your fault that they currently don't understand how to make a good milestone episode i mean they get better at it in years to come yeah, but again, they've only they'd only been doing it for what a hundred weeks or something. So yeah, I mean it's, it's just it drains the mercy out of you. It surely yeah. does. But look, hey, look, we got to end on a high note. We got to end on a high note because this is our one hundredth bloody episode, and we have been blessed with some visits from some very special guests. We heard uh, some of our. We've, we heard from some wonderful friends of the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review at the start of the podcast. We have uh, Sydney and John here. Do you know who we're missing, Justin Henry? I don't know, Rob Bartlett. <laughs> he, he didn't get back to me in time. No, where's, where's my football? No, where is Austin Strubowitz? He sang the song, didn't he? Which we're about to play! Oh, I thought we were opening with it. No, we're opening with a montage. <laughs> we're closing on a song. Broadway. Maybe. I was not informed of this. I might have done it in my mind. I can't remember. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, to play a special tribute to 100 episodes of the Cold Arctic Classic Raw Review. This is Strobowitz. Today is going to be the day that Tom and Justin are going to view. Low brow breathes disallowed, disguises were fresh and new. Hard of leaving anybody, watch this program too, especially now. No heat, look at the empty seats inside the rec center, where's the crowd? McMahon gives them all they can stand, and they're better off getting plowed. Hard to believe that anybody watched this program too, especially now. And all the shows we have to watch are numbing. Still time and just and take to deconstructing. There are many things that they would so much rather do, but they made a vow. Quite good and liberating. The shortest straw. Cause they're watching wrong.
liberating and the shortest strong cause they're watching proud of your brother i'm very proud of my brother okay. i love him dearly oh look at that and that's sweet and that's sweetness oh justin mate we made it to 100 episodes through the skin of our teeth through the skin of our teeth have you had a lovely time for the last 100 plus weeks lovely enough <laughs> given the circumstances <laughs> I, I, you downplay it, but you love this, really. You love this, really. I love reliving my childhood and seeing stuff that I thought was at least passable and, and, and realizing why my parents lost faith in me. <laughs> Mate, we never lost faith in you. We never lost faith in you. Well, well, thank you for that. I want to say thank you. I want to do some thank yous, if you don't mind, Justin. I want to do some thank yous. Well, that's your sure too, of course. Uh, do you want to make sure... I want to say thank you to you for listening and downloading the Cultaholic Classic Raw review. Um, I don't mean to be one to go on about numbers and all that stuff, but to see the numbers of this show climb the way they have over the last 100 weeks has been beautiful. So thank you for sharing the love and sharing the show. I'd like to thank all the incredible people we've had as special guests as part of this show. R.D. Reynolds from WrestleCrap was a part of this show. William R. Washington from RBR Wrestling, part of this show as well. And, of course, uh, Stromowitz putting on a beautiful song that you've just heard just then, an incredibly talented human being. We've got to say thank you when we're talking about the Stromowitzes and the Summerwitzes. We have to say thank you to Sydney Summerwitz, who we... Now, I hadn't met Sydney until Justin introduced me to Sydney and said, there's this woman that's annoying me. And... Not surprised. Not surprised. But it was it was Justin that mooted the idea of Sydney joining us on the show, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And then I think in the first show was when I realised, wow, you're really young. Like this is gonna this is gonna be an interesting one. But you know what? It's always a pleasure to have you here. Like we're very blessed to have someone like yourself keeping things ticking over on the Discord, and and coming over here every so often and shining a little bit of light our way as well. Sometimes it's a slog, and I apologise, but it's always a pleasure to have you here, Sid. Oh, thank you so much, Tom. Like I said, I always, I always love being here, and it really, it really, every time I'm on the show, it always makes my day. Even if I'm having one of the worst days ever, I come on and I do this, and I get to just laugh for a little bit, kind of forget about things going on that stress me out or make me upset and it's just really nice to have like a little escape to be able to talk to some of my closest friends and we're glad to have you here crack on with that photo well, well, we understand that um we understand that sid was very humble when, when i first asked her if she wanted to do this show and she's like really me i mean like you could have had sam and you could have had jack you could you could have had adam and i said well they all turned it down. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Sid was really humble when she got on here, and she's gone right up her ass since then. Just <laughs> why not me? Um, we have to say thank you to John Eiley. Um, true story. 
When I moved to the northeast of England, six years ago nearly. Jesus Christ, six years? Um, I moved up here six years ago. Um, it was to do a radio job in a place I'd never heard of. Well, I knew it, but I hadn't been. And John's a radio guy. And I think John was understandably wary with somebody new popping on radio today. Would that be a fair assessment, John? Would that be a fair assessment? I'm always wary of new people. Absolutely. Um, I've always, like you said, I'm a radio guy. And I'll be honest, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I loved radio. It was great. Um, But Tom, I'll say this now in all honesty, Tom is one of the, the last few now who should be on radio more often. Oh, bless you, mate. Uh, Tom has this one thing that a lot of radio now doesn't have, and that's personality. Trousers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, Tom's got the personality, he's got the he's got the gift. You know, he should be you should be on radio more often, Tom. You really should. Um, you know, when you left the radio station that you left, um, you know, basically to say they've gone over Niagara Falls in a barrel <laughs> without the barrel would be an understatement. Well, look, it's not it's not about that. It's about you. So let's go back to you. So you you uh, yeah, noticeably understandably wary, but within uh, a short amount of time, I think you realised that I was harmless at the very least. And oh, I think I worked that out actually within you know the first few links that you did. Yeah, I said, oh, he's all right. He's, he'll do. And uh, and we we chatted ever since, and then lo and behold, you're a wrestling fan, and lo and behold, you you contribute to this show, and and you, and I want to point out that John isn't on the payroll for this show. Like John Eiley does this stuff out of the out of the goodness of his heart, and I often have moments where I feel a bit guilty on that because I don't want to. I I want you, John, as my mate, to enjoy the show. It's why sometimes we have weeks where like I go where I I deliberately don't shout you out and it's nothing personal it's just sometimes i go i just want my mate john just to chill and enjoy the show because when you're not on the payroll you do it you you, you you're on uh, on coffee ko-fi have you pronounce it and i always encourage and you know and we will when we get when we have the sources and the funds we'll throw some money your way and 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 buy you beers and stuff and and we keep promising to go for another beer, which we haven't been for yet. But John Eiley is one of those guys who is very much a heartbeat of, of the northeast of England. And and if you've got John Eiley on side, if nothing else, you're doing all right. And I know it's been a rough old year for you as well, John, my boy. But you know what? We're reaching the tail end of what has been bollocks for us all. And there is certainly some promise going forward. And on behalf of myself, I'm sure Justin Henry will have something to say as well. But on behalf of us both, thank you for 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 bringing what we do many notches up simply out of the goodness of your heart thank you very much um and thank you to you both as well for having me on the show you know i, I never expected to actually be on the podcast in any way shape or form apart from maybe you know the shout outs that you ended up giving me um justin originally got in touch with me and said you know do you want to come on the podcast and i was like really um <laughs> and i've got to admit the I mean, if I listen back to the first one that I did, I'm practically cringeworthy because I'm so sort of within myself and I, I don't want to sort of express anything. I think over time, since I've been on this podcast, I feel like I'm going to be more open. I can be more expressive. And it's thanks to you guys that, you know, I'm doing this. We're very happy to have you on, obviously. And when I had you on, if you weren't, if we didn't consider you a part of the family, I mean, I mean, 
how often does someone, you know, take, go out of the way to just make photoshops for just, you know, our crazy thoughts and whatever we come up with. And, we, you know, we try to reward loyalty. And, of course, not everyone is that loyal and not everyone cares that much. So, of course, we were happy to have you on. Oh, thanks, Justin. It's uh, really appreciated. And to Justin Henry. Now, I had been familiar with the work of Justin Henry uh, a couple of years before we got started as a fan of Name Redacted. Henry's name would pop up on on numerous articles. So I and I enjoyed his wit. And I kind of got the vibe after listening to some some list videos from the other from the other place that actually he's the he's the guy behind this. I get this. I get it. I like it a lot. Didn't think any more of it until it was mooted to me by Adam to come on board and do a podcast. And we sat in, when I mentioned this last week, sat in the same room that I'm sat in right now, a hundred plus weeks ago. And we had a call on Skype, a FaceTime call on Skype. And within 20 minutes, we were laughing. We were having a lovely time. We went, let's do a thing. And it's been a wild a hundred weeks plus. Uh, the one thing that's like in the last year and a half, like everything in my life, Almost everything in my life has changed in terms of work and just just life and the the environment around in general. What I've always been eternally grateful for is, especially last year, when I had those days where the, I wasn't too sure what was going to happen job wise, and I had this nagging feeling of uncomfortableness in the pit of my stomach. I had uh, and and all of this going on. I knew there was a divine constant in my week, and I was going to sit in this room with Justin on a Monday, and we were going to laugh our heads off about some awful wrestling. And that has been a divine constant in 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 my life for over a hundred plus weeks now. And I know it's not always been easy. I'm very aware of the fact that I'm not the. I whilst I think I always class myself as being like a fun, affable person. I get that sometimes if you're in a if not in the right frame of mind, I'm fucking awful to deal with. Because just a ball of pissing energy coming at you, sometimes you just want to punch into the sun. But I'm eternally grateful that that Justin Henry has stuck it out with me for this long. Uh, I wouldn't, I literally, literally wouldn't be doing what I am doing now if it wasn't for Justin Henry. Justin Henry could have turned around at any point and gone, this dickhead's a... a, a, a useless sod get gone and we'd never and that would have been the end of my time at cultaholic i am doing what i'm doing at cultaholic because of justin henry reaching out and that is why i'm doing it and and i will forever be grateful for that however one of my favorite memories will always be getting into a lift at disneyland in in france and getting a message from you saying i'm ready are you there me saying no i'm on holiday i told you i was going to disney and you saying, Justin, you talk so much shit, I assumed you were joking. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm literally in Disney right now. <laughs> well, at least I was prepared for the following week. <clears throat> yeah, I've forgotten all about that till just now. Oh, I've never forgotten about it. I love you so much, mate. Happy 100. Happy 100 to you as well, Tom. You know, talent always proves itself. And even if we didn't have this podcast for whatever reason, you know, you'd still be a call to hawkers or at least somewhere that would value someone with your work ethic and someone with your compatibility and compassion for people. You know, you would have made it somewhere you know, with or without me. And I think, you know, that's the truth deep down. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, Justin, is there anything you want to say? Because I've, I've, I've sort of held court quite a bit there. Is there anything you'd like to say? Well, I mean, I pretty much said all there is really need, need to say. I'm, I'm, I'm more or less just, um, you know, drained from this show, more or less. Not not, not the podcast. Just, I mean, the episode that we just watched. Yeah. It was, because um, this is by far our longest podcast we've done that isn't a watch-along, and Christ, it might as well have been a watch-along, because it, it takes two hours to watch this episode. <laughs> took, took me, I took two walks during it. <laughs> I, took it two two hours... I took two Vikings in. It takes two hours to watch, but it feels like it's going on for about six. <laughs> it's a hell of a watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been a hell of a ride, and it'll get even better over over the next 100 because changes are coming, although it takes a little while to get there. It's like when you have a boil lanced and um, it's painful at first, but eventually you feel relief. Prepare to spend the next 100 years giving a boil a good old prick. Years. <laughs> Baby weeks. Until until we meet again. She is SA Zuma4 on Twitter. He is at John Eiley on Twitter. Before you go, I just want to say, Colonel XB, me and you, mate, collab. Let's do it sometime. Oh, bombshell. Colonel XB from the SmackDown Review getting some love. He is at JRH Writing on Twitter. I am, for better or worse, at Tom Campbell on Twitter. And together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <laughs> anyway, LT. Love you, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) 